Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ask me. Ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter. how you were doing as your friend and then I thought you were going to be like I'm fine and then you were like oh still sick and I was like well may as well get this over with because you'll be dead soon (laughs) what's wrong with you why are you this sick for this long I don't know because I keep testing negative for COVID I had COVID in March and didn't feel this bad but it's been a week and I'm finally feeling better I mean Um, I'm starting to feel better it's just like a regular cold that no one remembers having it really, it could be, but I have been so sick. It's Jeez. been horrible. Like the kind where I take cold medicine, cough medicine, whatever. As soon as I get up, I take some later. I get done with work at seven. Okay, this I is eat dinner. Not- I get in bed. I take more medicine. It's very sad. I just, I'm thinking about like the quality of the start of the show. And it's just you <laughs> going through like the most monotonous. I mean, look. You probably eat a lot of sugar, which makes it a lot worse. And you probably have like rhinovirus or like something really awful that nobody's thinking about. I haven't been drinking my baby Cokes because they haven't tasted like anything. So they haven't brought me joy. So I've just been drinking water. I only drink water when I'm actually unwell. What if that's what's making you sicker? Like your body's like, we've learned to operate on taurine and stevia. Yeah. And I'm not drinking any, and that's why I haven't gotten better. At least I sound normal. It's like that old lady who's like 102. There's like the old black lady who was like, I drink three Dr. Peppers a day. Doctors told me not to drink them, but I outlived them all. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> that's, that is me. I mean, my, my, I have a, my family eats very healthy, and my grandma ate very healthy her entire life. And then she got old and was like, I'm going to have a full Coke now. And she'd have like one a week. I was like, that's not how you kill yourself, grandma. You got to have more Cokes. I, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, if you had a plan, I had McDonald's fries for the first time in <gasps> years last night. And I thought, oh, just the fries? Yeah. I'm not a monster. And, I was in the car with a bunch of people and I was like, what do you guys want? Like, I got it. And I was shocked at how quickly- I got it. Waz you was like the bill at McDonald's. I was just like, let's just get something. Like, because I thought everybody was just going to get fries. And Waz was it, immediately, it was like two hamburgers. He's Australian, <laughs> two hamburgers. And, and Hunter was like, I'll take a number one. And I was just like, you guys had your order ready? Like, how old are you? 
<laughs> like we live in you LA. Don't have a, an order. I mean, no. I know you used to like the breakfast food only. Love it. Even then, muffin. you didn't have it that much. You can't because one egg muffin will send you to heaven in a great way, and the second one will send you to hell because you have diarrhea, instant diarrhea. They just, we've talked about this. What they need to do is make the egg muffin just a little bit bigger because you can't do two, but one's no. not enough. Okay, look. No, but the McDonald's cheeseburger, they sell in twos. Okay. I, the, I know because Juan's got two. I was gonna, today we were going to begin filming our episodes. Okay, but hold on. What? Not for people to be able to watch entire video episodes. That's no, not on the horizon. I don't know. But it was just to have clips because the visual component is becoming more and more necessary. And the truth is I am just so exhausted today. And I was like, I don't feel like doing this lift of like starting today. And figuring out your lighting. Figuring out my lighting. And then it kind of, I was just like, or I could just do it like this. But it kind of got me thinking about this topic I was thinking about this week. And I did an Instagram live about it. Like, this need to have all women fully made up all the time and this brainwashing that like your face, because it's normal, isn't acceptable. And from the bottom of my heart, like I've never felt the need to put on makeup to like go to a grocery store or do go online. And people are always like, oh my God, that's so great that you're doing it naturally. And I have to say like a lot of these things that we do in Hollywood are performative, but to be a thousand percent honest, like I don't, not only do I not want to put on makeup, like it doesn't occur to me. And I think in life, if there are things that are so authentically you, you should never change them just because people are trying to make you feel insecure about it. For example, I blow dry my hair straight almost every day. I will not wear it curly. I tried and I felt very ugly, but I genuinely don't feel ugly not wearing makeup. Like I deep down don't care. And I think those types of feelings are rare to come across. And when you do, you should just lean into it. I tuned in your Instagram live about this and couldn't focus on anything you were saying because your baby in the background, (laughs) your baby in the background was so cute. Sierra was being a real little sweetie. And something about the way you talk to her, I was thinking she's going to think you're so funny when she grows up. Like, I can't wait for her to have an understanding of... Yeah, I mean, of course, because you're her mom, she's going to be embarrassed, right? But also, like, you're just so clever. And the way that you talk to her, you don't talk down to her, but you're not, you're not like telling her inappropriate Aww, things. But there's you. just, there's, there was a relationship there that I was like, this is so sweet. So I don't know a word that you said. I was, I was focused on your child That's in fair. the background. You know what? There it is. My beautiful soul coming through. I do think if I just beautiful. tell her like, hey, keep it cool, like enough, eventually she'll be like, all right, I'll stop. I won't What'd bite you the tell, dog. You told her, you asked her to keep a lower pitch or something because she was she was starting to get up to a high pitch, but she's also making the exact same noises that you make oh, yeah. as an adult on a daily basis. As an adult so you grown have no woman, leg to stand on. I do parrot shrieking. And when she does it, I'm like, well, that's my baby. <laughs> right. I also can't that take anything yours. seriously. Like I'll be like, get off that carpet. And she'll just go, ah, I'll be like, get over the carpet. Like deep down, I'm like, who fucking cares? You're going to grow up in a hellscape of the internet. So do go on the carpet. Don't. Just don't hit the dog. Okay, wait. What's the other big thing that happened this weekend? You guys, my husband, Noah Galutin, was nominated for a James Beard Cookbook Award and he won. And for this, the blood for the blood-sows barbecue. 
Bloodsoe's family cookbook, the Ke- the Bloodsoe family cookbook that he wrote with Kevin Bloodsoe. Um, and it's just really exciting because so much of our life together is about like me and show business stuff. And for him to get something like this, this is his second nomination, which is incredible because the it's the only the first two cookbooks he's written. So the other, the other nomination was for On Vegetables. Nomination for On Vegetables and they didn't win. Um, another gorgeous book. Like both books are very specific to different yeah. genres, but both like these gorgeous pieces of Thank art. Thank you. Yeah. And the Bloodsoe Family Cookbook, like Kevin Bloodsoe is this uh, black barbecue pit master. Uh, and it's this love letter to Compton and Corsicana, Texas, both places he's from. And Noah is this like Jewish kid from Santa Monica who Kevin just loved. And Noah got trained as a pit master, went to work at the Bloodsos in Compton to open up the Bloodsos barbecue. So was working, you know, like whatever, 100 hour days. Uh, and he, Kevin taught him everything he knows. And Noah wrote Kevin's book. I mean, with Kevin, but Noah's the one that wrote it. And they love each other so much. And it's an adorable relationship. And he was leaving. He like James Beard, like they don't pay for anything. It's like, get yourself here. Maybe we'll give you an award. He flew himself there. He put himself up and he left yesterday. I was like, I bet you win. He's like, I don't know. We're up against like some great competition. And I texted him and I was like, how's it going? And he just sent a picture of the award. And I'm like, did you win? (laughs) And I was like, what if this is like the second place medal? I can't tell. So I was like, you for sure are getting like loaded off of some very sugary brown (laughs) liquor tonight because they like love Hennessy (laughs) together. But I was so proud of him and I am proud of him. Well, and I think very important to know, I know he's come on this show and answered questions about about cooking, but I think less so, I mean, about his cookbook somewhat, but the amount of work and research that goes into it, it's not just sitting down and like writing out a recipe the way that your grandma has recipes written out. It's like he was testing. He tested each like incarnation of these recipes, each iteration to drill them in. Delicious food. But it's very, it's, it's, very scientific, just as much as it is good writing. Well, it, it really is a lot of work to write a cookbook. It's a lot of work. It's the na- it's also capturing like Kevin's voice or whoever the author right. is. And it's like, it is taking your grandma's recipe, reading it, and then asking your grandma. He had to do this with Kevin's mom about like her strawberry cake. Like when you say a pinch, what do you mean? Like when you say, uh, like pour it in, do you mean like before or after? Because they're when it's your recipe, you're like, of course, this is just the way I do it. And it's about making sure that someone who doesn't know you or anything about you can follow that. So he's writing a couple other cookbooks and uh, I'm reaping all the benefits. I got my very yeah. own soft shell crab the other day. It was fun to work there when he was working on that cookbook because he just was cooking food just all the time. He would just have these big pots and bowls and plates and platters of all these different yeah. foods. And sometimes it doesn't work out and he'll like get upset. I'm like, we're still eating it. Like, it's not like you're like, oops, right. I poured arsenic in it. I think one of my <laughs> favorite things is our nanny. Like there are days that her lunch just sits in the fridge because she's just eating whatever we have here. And yeah. he loves cooking for people and I love watching how much they love it. So Tasty Times definitely called for tasty measures on this one. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, it's still me. We're not. We're not. Uh, let's let's get to these questions. Let's kick it into high gear. Okay, we have a high gear question. <laughs> Last month, my friend's dad disappeared with no warning, no heads up, nothing. Just a cryptic text to his wife saying that he quote needed time to think about things. I've been talking to my friend about this, and I would love to hear Eliza's perspective and advice on aging, retirement, and finding meaning in life. 
some context. Yeah, I definitely need context. <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I know what this is. He was abducted. My, fr- <laughs> My friend's parents live in Taiwan, and he often goes to, her dad often goes to visit his mother. On his most recent trip up during Mother's Day, he texts his wife saying that he'd be back home tomorrow, but he never showed up. My friend's mom texted and called him, but he didn't respond. She then called his mother, whom he was visiting, and she said he had left, and she didn't know where he was, nor did she notice anything unusual. Mom's covering for my him. friend. Mom's covering for the well, son. Something's happening. Okay. My friend's mom calls and texts him nonstop, then gets a cryptic response from him saying he was fine and that he just needed time to think about things. A week goes by, and he continues to ignore her texts and calls. She doesn't think she can call the police because he did respond once, and her texts are showing as red. He had also been reading texts in his own family group chat with his mother and sisters, but he just wasn't responding. My friend's mom suspects he has a mistress somewhere and is left to go be with her. FYI, my friend is an adult and lives in the U.S. and isn't home for any of this. She's just hearing about it from her mother. A week later, my friend's mom gets a text from him saying he was in China and that he didn't tell her because he knew she would not approve and that he had gone there for a job opportunity. He asked her to stop contacting him because it stressed him out and gave him pressure. My friend's mom was a little freaked out because if what he was saying is true and he really was in China, she was worried they might not see each other again because China will attack Taiwan soon. My friend said her dad had been frustrated with his career for the past decade. He was a CFO slash financial controller for a few companies. It was a brilliant man, but as he aged, it became harder to find jobs and people at work respected him less and less. He could have retired, but so much of his self-worth came from his job and being respected at work. He became angrier over time and my friend's mom and fought my friend with my friend's mom about little things. He just couldn't let his career go. Aww. My question to Eliza is this. Oh, Jesus. How can a person take joy from their work and career while also not attributing their whole self-worth to it, especially if they're great at it and proud of it? How can someone retire gracefully? This is a huge problem with Asian men as their entire life has been dedicated to providing for their family and doing well at work. You're my favorite comedian. Seriously, the funniest person ever. I consume your content in every format possible. Podcast, Netflix special, your live shows in Austin, Texas, the sketch show, Instagram, et cetera. And I imagine you're proud of your work. You're the best in the biz. If this all went away, how would that affect you? Do comedians, quote, retire? P.S. I dressed up as you and took a photo with you and Blanche after one of your shows in Austin, Texas. Please never stop making stuff. Can't wait to watch you in the righteous gemstones. Oh, wow. Yes, thank you. I think uh, that just premiered at South by, so I'm excited for everyone to see that I hope I didn't you get edited Steven out. Dorf. He's me. Yep. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna give away anything. Um, I mean, this is definitely above my pay grade because I'm not Asian, and so that is a very well. It, I'm not. I'm, right. I hate to break you it. Can't to you. comment. You can't comment to the Asian men angle, but I well, think. But but that's 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 an inextricable part of this because like Asian culture, like Japanese salary men, like people who like work their whole lives, like you are tied to this company. And this is all you're seen as is this provider. Like, I cannot speak to that. That's its but own. But you, mindset. your job more than any other job, you and your job more so than someone in an office job, you are tied to as in people view that as your identity in a much different way. If you were to stop doing your job, people would notice and have thoughts and feelings about it, judgmental or not. I mean, look. In a way that isn't true for like an office worker. Right. I'm just saying like culturally- it's just this very fraught thing. I will, t- I mean, I don't know that you ever, if you're a comedian, I don't know that you ever really retire. You might stop like doing the road, but maybe you write articles or you do appearances. Like there are people who step away from the light. I mean, at the end of the day, 
if something isn't serving you, sometimes you have to stop to look around and be like, do I still want to be on Saturday Night Live? Like, why do I keep sending in these audition tapes? Which I haven't done. I'm just saying. Sometimes we have these goals and things that are expected of us and we just keep doing them forever and you never check in with yourself to say like, do I really want this and I'm afraid I won't get it? Or do I really not want this anymore and I've outgrown it? The whole thing with the dad is super weird. Of course, as Americans, we're like, he's cheating on her. But I can't begin to comment on like Asian male pride and that tie to your job and self-worth. I mean, that's got to be very hard to see that worth slipping away. And I doubt he has like access to a therapist to be like, no, you can just enjoy the rest of your life. Like, especially for that generation. Like when you've been told that this is all you are. It's hard for a young person to be like, hey, like enjoy getting older. It's like, okay, you enjoy like a creaky back and a failing kidney. So I don't know. I don't know as an artist, like if it ever really leaves you. I do think sometimes it gets beaten out of you. And I do think, I think the point of life is to find other things that fulfill you so you can enjoy those things when your career either dries up or dies off or or you're just tired of it. What was her question? Well, it was talking about, you know, how do you not attribute your self-worth to your job? I think when when the pandemic started, you couldn't tour, you couldn't go out and do shows. So you pivoted a little bit and you channeled that creativity into Don't Panic Pantry. You know, I think it's finding other arenas. You But you can get self-worth just from the work. Like there's self-worth if it's in relation to how other people value you. And there's self-worth, like if you work really hard at bodybuilding and you lose your competition that you worked hard for, do you still have self-worth because you put in all that work and you saw it? If you write a screenplay and you get it made, but nobody likes it, do you still have self-worth? You know, it's like, do you validate your own self-worth or do you only get it from other people? And so I think those are two different things. And I, to be honest, like it is very difficult especially if you're the kind of person like me and I was talking to someone recently about this who's also wired similarly. Sometimes you're like, all I want to do is work and go. And when you can't get the things that you want, you can't get that whatever promotion, that next project. And you're like, you feel like a Ferrari just revving your engine in a garage. It's difficult. I don't know that I'll ever not be able to tie my self-worth to the way people perceive me. But I don't know that I... It's okay to feel bad. It's not okay to stay feeling bad. Hmm. But I don't think that applies to this guy. No, I mean, we can't help this guy. It's a friend's dad who's in China. We're not talking to him. Yeah, that's you're entering into a whole other thing. But uh, that's sad. That's a bummer. And that's also compiled with like a midlife crisis, which is like its own thing. So there's nothing you can do. But if your friend has any frequent flyer miles, you might want to fly over there. Just be like, dad, what the fuck are you doing? Let's say it in China. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable. And it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, 
it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a fun exercise. What would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I bet you nobody would say, um, I'd spend it thinking about things I can't change. I'd spend it having crippling anxiety. No, you'd say like, I'd go for a run or I'd spend time with my hobby or I'd pet my dog's tongue. A lot of us spend our times wishing we had more time. And the question is, what do you want to make more time for? I bet the answer for a lot of people is your friends, your family, relaxing. Well, therapy can help you clear some space mentally so you can find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Think about therapy like housekeeping for your brain. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You go to betterhelp.com. And you fill out a brief questionnaire and you can get matched with a licensed therapist. No more driving across town. No more stressing out. BetterHelp makes it easy for you to get the therapy that you would like. Learn how to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. There was definitely a time where my closet was crammed to the gills with every skort, gaucho pant, crop top I'd worn for the last 20 years. And there comes a time in every adult woman's life where you realize you want less clothing at higher quality. And a great way to do that without breaking the bank is upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have a wardrobe of simplistic pared down items, but I like to keep it stocked with key luxury essentials that I know I'll wear time and time again, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. I'm a big fan of their washable stretch silk palazzo pants, I don't have time to be caring for silk like I do my children, so it's nice that I can just wash it, and it's a versatile pair of pants that I can wear out for an evening or just out with friends. The best part is, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eliza. Okay, we have some updates. Red Hot Update. Number one. Do you remember someone had a a super extremist conservative cousin-in-law and asked what they should get him as a wedding gift, if they should basically get him like an FU gift. And we said, don't "Don't get him a gift. Don't waste your money. Update. Obviously, Eliza's advice to simply not get them a gift was perfect. They called off the wedding a month before. (laughs) The the bride called it off and kicked the groom-to-be out of the house. Me and my husband are still trying to get more juicy details, but thought you'd like to know. Thank God you're not out 50 bucks on a blender, a cheap blender. Oh, Thank yeah. God. Wow. See, you stayed out yeah. of it and it all worked out. It all trickled down. We also have an update about the peeping maintenance man. Thanks for your advice. After giving it some thought, I had come to the same conclusion that maybe he was just super embarrassed and froze up once he noticed me looking back at him. Yeah. I decided not to say anything and I've honestly just kept my blinds closed. I'm planning to talk to my apartment manager just to see what their policy is on that sticker I could place in my window. Yesterday, however, I caught him looking again. 
Yesterday morning, my boyfriend decided to open the blinds as I was getting ready to leave for work, and I saw the maintenance man out of the corner of my eye. So I looked up, and what do I see? Him standing at the top of the stairs, one hand on the handle to his front door, fully turned, facing down to my window, looking in. Once he noticed me looking, I shouted, what are you doing? He became super embarrassed yes. and ran into his apartment. There you go. I don't I don't know how to interpret this as anything but intentional. It was the same as before where I could clearly see his face and see his eyes were going up and down my body. This time I was in my work clothes. So I don't know about that whole poor eyesight thing. Now I feel like I'm back at square one, feeling comfortable but not sure what to do. His stance was the same as someone walking through a door that was fully turned back as if trying to look at something behind them. But there's nothing behind him except a blank wall in my window. I don't want to do the dumb girl thing of not wanting to make someone as uncomfortable as they're making me. But once again, I don't know him. I think I'm going to write my apartment manager to ask us a sticker for the window and just say it's because I don't like the idea of someone being able to see him from the stairs without mentioning that I've gotten the mate's man. Definitely catch it. Definitely mention it. Definitely make a record of it. Definitely put it in an email and definitely just do it. But should I confront him next time I see him? Because honestly, was he hoping for a second showing or something? I mean, look. You already yelled at him. If you rec- if you recall, our advice was ignore it. If it happens again, then he's definitely doing it on purpose. And we gave this fucking creep the benefit of the doubt. Um, he definitely wasn't embarrassed. He just didn't like that you caught him and he's going to keep doing it. Go to your landlord. Say this is what it is. Be like, I have caught this maintenance man. You have to be willing to go to bat for this. Yeah. I have caught this because they're going to be like, what do you need it for? No one can see in. I have caught Bob looking several times. Here are the times it's happened. Maybe you can even record it on your phone. Put up the fucking sticker. You deserve to feel safe in your own apartment. Yeah. And it's not that you want to escalate it, but I can't imagine a landlord that'll be like, you can't. He has to be able to look and be like, great, then you need to fire him. And be like, I don't want yeah. that to happen, but I need to feel safe. Because I, I, it's not about excusing it, but there is this version, which I say a lot on the podcast, where he's not a pervert. He's not being, he's just like this dude who looks and he's like, it's not, he may not be stalking you, but it's making you uncomfortable in an apartment that you pay for. So how do you make yourself comfortable? You put that sticker up. Because you don't want to have to like go over there and say, you know, but the fact that you yelled and he turned around, like, I don't, I don't see how this isn't cost to put up that sticker, which we suggested. So our advice is still sound. <laughs> I love that she yelled at him though. Yeah. And scared him off. That's very funny. That's great. I mean, that might've been enough. He might not do it again. I understand still wanting to deal with it, you know, but that might've been enough to scare him. Yeah. It's always that thing as a girl. It's like, well, let's wait. I mean, we even gave that advice. Like, let's wait and see again. And it's like, let's wait until see if he murders you. And then maybe we'll take action. <laughs> put up the fucking sticker. Don't even ask permission. That's what I would do. And then if they say something, be like, oh, it's well-documented that he looks in my window. You can either fire him or let me keep up this sticker. But either way, I'm going to become comfortable where I live. And we have a maintenance follow-up about your toilet. Sounds like Eliza's toilet has a venting issue. The vent on the roof connected to that sewage line might be blocked or have debris in it. So you should really look into this, Eliza. What do you mean by debris? Like other turds? (laughs) My mom's like, shut your toilet lid. Get a plumber. I got to get, I just, (laughs) let's just move on. It's just upsetting. I just just flush really gently and it should be fine. I just won't Flush gently. Flush gently. Oh boy. Okay. Anonymous. I'm anonymous, but I'm an elder millennial female for context. Good. One of my absolute best friends got into a very serious relationship very quickly. She met this man shortly after a very traumatic event in her life. Her and this person were social media official by the end of their first date. 
which was also the first day they met each other. Most of our friend group had some questions and expressed we all wanted to get to know him better if she really was that into him. She now seemingly hates me because I didn't immediately bond with him and she'll not tell me what I did to her so I don't know how to fix it. So that's the short version. Here are the details. I've only been in this room, in a room with this guy a handful of times. All these events were parties or social gatherings where there were a lot of people to talk to, drinking, or we were in an otherwise crowded environment. To me, he is an acquaintance. I've never been unkind or cold, but I do feel like I don't know him. I've expressed my confer- concerns to my friend in confidence. He's your best friend. I just want to... Uh, this is... Abs- yeah, one of my absolute best friends. Is dating a boyfriends. dude... Okay, so you've, you've only met him a handful of times, don't really know him. At parties and big events. Okay. But she's, I've expressed my concerns to my friend in confidence and told her I just want to see that he's a safe person treating her with respect. And I was told that my, quote, anxieties are not a priority. She had a party in which she was charging people to attend. A fancy restaurant reservation had been booked, and she expected everyone who wanted to attend to pay for themselves. Okay. Yeah. That's a weird thing. I, at the time, was not making nearly enough money and felt a weird tension between us when I expressed that. I told her I wanted her to have a good time and not have to feel like we needed to settle our stuff during the event, so if she didn't want me to be there, it was okay. We ended up talking out, and to my knowledge, the situation was resolved, and I went to her event. The event was great, and nothing dramatic took place. Since then, it feels like she's somehow constantly seeking my approval of him while pushing me completely out of her life at the same time. I actually bought her and I tickets to one of your shows. And on the day of the show, she told me that I hadn't, quote, made amends with the boyfriend, so therefore she wouldn't be attending. Mind you, he was not even part of the original invite. I have our text from when she agreed to go with me. And then when I reminded her the week of, she said, are you kidding me? You need to be nice to my boyfriend so you don't deserve to hang out with me. What? The night of the Eliza show was about four months since I had seen him last. We don't interact on social media and had not had contact. Make amends for what? (laughs) Not being friendly enough. At this point, it's been about six months since I was in a room with her and this man at the same time or in any type of social setting with them. And whatever issues she had is so far gone, I have no idea what I did. We used to talk every day and I did consider her one of my best friends, but now we don't talk for months at a time. Anytime I've attempted to extend an olive branch, she just tells me I need to, quote, make things right with her man. And since I have no idea what I did wrong in the first place, I have no idea what that means. Oh, I don't think it's appropriate to reach out to just him, and I don't really know what I would say. The come-to-Jesus moment you usually advise has already happened, but according to her, something wasn't resolved. What do I do now? If you made it this far, Eliza, thank you for being you. I went to your show by myself, had a great time, did your meet and greet, and you told me my makeup was pretty. You're a true no. seasoned professional, and it really shows. I knew how many people were waiting for you, so I didn't want to steal their time, but you are absolutely my favorite comedian. Thank you. I've loved your work since Freezing Hot. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please squeeze that teeny cheeny donut nose and biscuit mouth for me. I squeeze that Martin Bashir mouth and nose all the time. You know, this is a prime example of, first of all, this guy wants to drive a wedge between you who he views as intimidating because you are strong. And by strong, I mean not a fucking loser, okay? You may be a strong person, but men like this don't like a woman who speaks clearly, who has her own ideas. I'm sure that you are self-sufficient. I'm sure you have a job and do things for yourself and he is painting you as aggressive. Um, so... He's driving that wedge between the two of you because he's very insecure. This has happened to me in life before where you have done nothing wrong. Like, it's not even like you said something. I mean, maybe you said something, you don't remember it, but like you've done nothing wrong, but because this guy is insecure, 
he took one small thing you did. And rather than try and ingratiate himself to her friends, to this girl's life, he's just telling her all the things that are wrong. And you're an issue. You're a problem. And he's brainwashed her because your friend is feeble-minded. Like, how fucking dare she let this random dude who you've barely met, and if you say that, she'll be like, no. She'll say to you, like, you've met Steve a couple of times, and every time you're cold. And to that, you want to say, like, well, there's nothing between us. He's never said anything to me. He's never tried. It's always a guy with a bad personality doing something dumb. And as the girl, you're supposed to fucking bend over backward. And now you're the villain. But what's what happened in the first place was he was a weirdo. So you were just cautious. You were only thinking about your friend. And that has been twisted. If you really want something to come to light and you really want on record his character, you text them both. Hey, Susan, uh, I feel like we haven't talked a lot lately and you keep telling me I need to make things right with Steve. So Steve, I'm open on this text thread. I didn't want to text you by myself. I didn't know if it was appropriate. I just hope I didn't do anything to offend you. And I'm wondering if I did what it is. I'd love to talk about it. And then you will have him because she will see him have to write like, oh, well, it was more the way you said, how's your night going? Like he won't be able to sum it up. And... You'll just have it right there. The answer will be nothing. If you want to go through that exercise, go for it. But do it in front of her. That way he can't report back to her. And by the way, you don't want to be this fucking loser's friend. He is going to make her life shittier. Like it's not a relation. You don't want to be friends with them. You want to shake your friend and be like, why are you with this fucking loser? And you don't want this guy to be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess I could have been cooler to you. Like this is such beta energy. So whatever you say to him, say it with your friend present. That way he cannot twist it later. Yeah, that's all you could do. I mean, and on, to be honest, she's not going to respond well. He's not going to respond well. But at least you'll have known you did what you could. Either do it in front of her or have a record of it. I definitely had this happen with a good friend of mine who her boyfriend, I literally on my life, said like maybe three words and he like gave us a ride somewhere and he like told her I was a problem later because he was intimidated. And then like in person, I said something to him and he was such a turd and my husband was there and he was such a like shrinking beta of like a small man. And it's just like, dude, I'm sorry that I'm someone who would never fuck you, but like you need to take that out elsewhere. Either he is intimidated by you. He thinks you're hot. He just loves to control her. I don't know enough about you or her, but that is what it is because men typically don't go around just like picking fights with the girl they're dating's friends. Like you're occupying space in his head if like there's this much drama. Yeah. Your friend's a fucking dud. So is her boyfriend. Unless you did say something shitty and I don't know. Like there's also the version where he was nice and you made a snarky joke and he was just like, wow, she's kind of bitchy. But why isn't your friend, why are women never on their friend's sides? Like, what is happening? Slash, why wouldn't she just tell you, you said this and he took it the wrong way? Because he doesn't have any concrete things. So he's like, it was just, she needs to, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, well, I'll I'll talk to her. I'll make sure. Get him to say to your face, like, there was nothing. I would love for a follow-up on this. There are a lot of people who speak Spanish in my life, and they're teaching my daughter Spanish. And quite frankly, I want to keep up. Yes, I took Spanish in school, but I want my Spanish to get better. I don't want it to just be bueno. I want it to be muy bueno. 
Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. Choose from one of 25 languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. So you sound like a local, not an Android. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and can be used on desktop or as an app with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Safe to say everybody loves bread, but everybody doesn't eat bread as often as they would like to because of bread guilt, right? Health concerns, carb fear mongering. I mean, if we could, we would eat toast sandwiches made of toast, nice layer of sandwich bread on the top, toast in the middle, wash it down with a nice glass of bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious favorites free of consequences or compromises. You should feel good when you eat bread. Hero Bread has 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber, which is what you want. Hero Bread is delicious and flavorful, and it's soft and it's fluffy, so it puts you right back there, you know, years ago, eating your favorite sandwich before we were afraid of wheat. And they have something for everyone. They have sliced bread loaves, they have buns, they have tortillas. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code ELIZA at checkout. That's ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hurry and get 10% off your order when you use ELIZA at H-E-R-O dot C-O. First time write-in, but hardcore listener from Uganda. I've been wanting to set in this question for months. Last year in May, I dated a lovely, charming person, 22, who also happens to be the younger brother to a friend, 23, I was getting to know. We broke up. It was intense, but also cordial, and he traveled to Canada for school. We dated for two months max. However, during this time, my friendship with his brother was also blooming. We would see each other at the co-working space and do Thursday breakfast together before work where we would snack and talk and share our stories. When me and his brother broke up, he explained calmly that his brother was a serial dater and often got close to people and then closed up on them. He likes you. We continued We continued being friends and hanging out. Our activities have ranged from lunch at his home with parents and workmates and then binging Doctor Who, binging The Sandman when it came out, karaoke, a concert, so many movies. This year he came home. I stayed with my dad to chill. And another time for a lunch I made him. I am 28. Recently, I started to feel feelings change. He started holding eye contact, walking to me to chat more. We even saw a musical together and had dinner after. Last week, he packed at a supermarket to ask me what the situation of our friendship is. It was awkward but intimate. We settled on nothing as we both have big egos matched only by our shyness. My question is simple. Is it weird dating my ex's older brother? He turns 24 this June, despite having been friends with him before meeting my ex. Is it normal that we have feelings for each other because we intentionally set out to forge symbiosis? P.S. He's one of the most mentally stimulating people I know, like a thought sharpener. He also is a patient person and loves to learn and improve, which is wonderful since it means we fix problems rather than run away and hide from them. He also lights up when he sees me. Sounds great. Yeah, this is fine. You barely dated the other guy and it was the wrong guy. 
Uh, you have access to this person. I mean, you're saying you were friends with him before you dated his brother? Yeah, and that the brother is a serial The fact dater. that he, right off the bat, was like, my brother's a serial dater, was him planting the seed like, hey, my brother's no good, it's me. No man hangs out with him. I mean, this guy has loved you from the beginning. That is a lot of date stuff. Like, you're not just, like, going for a walk. You guys are, like, doing serious outings. Like, you're sharing appetizers, you're going to concerts, and doing, like, a lot of other very jam-packed social calendar stuff that I would never do. Um, I don't know. Is it worth it? I think at 28, you are in a very different place than a 24-year-old and never forget women are more mature than men. Um, It also feels like this is... You might want to like take a break because this might be like a saturation issue. You also Mm want to make sure you're not like still trying to date the 22-year-old. Like, I'll have his brother. But, like, if this is someone you can't breathe without, who cares if you dated the brother? If he doesn't care, because men are usually kind of weird about two peens, one girl. But if this is the guy, nobody else cares. It's kind of like the family stone. Remember? Like, they switched wives, basically. I I think there are worse (laughs) things in this world. You just kind of want to make sure it's this guy for him versus this guy because he's there and likes you. You said you had a big ego, so... That's all. That's always my advice. But I mean, it is weird, but it's not weird if that's the love of your life. Yeah. And it sounds like he's not, he's not going to be weird about that piece of it. Yeah. That's not the deal breaker, basically. It is weird, but at the end of the day, it's your life and you're not like hurting anyone, breaking any law. It's not creepy. It's just kind of like, well, that's whatever. I also, it doesn't sound like you really dated the younger one for that long. And it doesn't sound like it was two months. Like, what is that? Just downplay yeah. it. Yeah, if you, you say go for it. What's the worst that could happen? You break up with him yeah. and date the dad? Ooh. It is weird, but go for it. <laughs> Hi, Eliza and Emily. I've been a fan from the start and recently started re-listening to the podcast from the beginning. Over the years, you guys have been asked about your relationship with each other, and there was always the line of employee and employer. I wonder how you feel that relationship has changed since Emily left and moved home. It's so great to listen to how much you've supported each other through your different life changes, but I'm curious if you feel less closer since there's less, quote, formality of working together daily. Is Eliza still sending Emily photos of cat paws? You actually did just send me some cat cats and crocs. Did I used to send you cat cat paws? You, we must have talked about it. I'm sure, like, you tag me and things on Instagram, and we must have talked about it at some point in the hours and hours of our conversations I mean, on this podcast. First and foremost, I feel betrayed by you. That is the main emotion. <laughs> and I keep you around so you, I can be mean to you to let you know how deeply you hurt me. Don't you feel better, though, that I moved? Nope. That I didn't just quit nope. you and stay there? No, I would hope you would quit and be miserable, and you'd see what happens when you leave the flock. No, um, we don't, we don't talk that much, to be honest, outside of it. But I think because we talk for once for an hour once a week every week about other people. <laughs> but I also think you and I are so close that like it is like one of those old friendships where like it doesn't need tending to like whether it's a DM, right, a text, an email, advice. And I think you're an incredibly, I don't know, I I really would try and like never take advantage of you work-wise, but I do think because you're like, you are a very professional person and you're, it's not a formality as much as you just are like, you just, you're just solid. Like Emily's just fucking solid. And, and that's, and I, (laughs) 
I came to, you were my employee and you were this like person who like was in my basement and took the job like a little too seriously, but then I got spoiled by it. <laughs> but it, I just got to know what a great person you are. And so I just, uh, I like that you, you, I guess you work, we work on this pod together. I do, it's like, it's not that you work for me. It's something we do together. I mean, I do, just, I'm employed by you, but well, we work very hustle. well together. Yeah. So, and sometimes people Yeah, just, I would say <laughs> we don't have to talk every day, but we're just we like, yeah, we could just dip in. I could send you a stupid message, or I can be like, oh my God, this person said something so stupid. Like there are certain things that I I we've gotten to a point in closeness. There are certain things that I would send like I see yes. it or something stupid happens, and you're the only person I want to tell. That's right. There you are certain I mean? if it's like a movie thing, and also like everyone just likes Emily. Like everyone just likes you and you just fit in. I've got a weird disjunct life and we are friends because of your personality. Like you right. laugh at every, like all the good stuff and you're very, I think that's also, it's your sense of humor. Like in the years that I got to know you, like the the summary of Emily is always like, Emily's very funny. Like you're not a an outgoing, like la you're not a comic, but like you will say things like, it was your Instagram that I fell in love with first, your post. Like you would just say like <laughs> searingly funny things. And I'd be like, yes, she's it's bubbling under the surface. Mild-mannered office worker, hot takes, hot takes Catwoman. Anyway. Hot takes Catwoman. Yeah, we're still, don't worry, listeners to the podcast. It's not a fake podcast friendship. Although I do listen to podcasts where you'll hear, because they've had to work together so much and they right. don't work well together, they'll start to hate each other and you can sense yeah, the resentment. It. Nothing like having um, like fake a friendship, like fake female for friendship. For your brand. For your Ugh. brand, but just even like in movies, like this is my best friend. It's like, why? Like there's some movies where they're like, we'll just put two women together and they'll definitely have chemistry. It's the least feminist thing ever. Anyways. I kind of love that now Kim Cattrall is like, okay, I'll do a scene in Sex the City. I won't appear with any of the other women. I love it. But sure, I'll do the show. Like good for you, Kim Cattrall. But also like there are things that like for years, I didn't know you had a twin. Like I've only met your mom <laughs> once. You've met my whole family. Like- I don't really know what... My mom does talk about you constantly. Well, that's fair. But like, <laughs> I guess there's also questions about your personal life that I used to have and I never asked out of professional courtesy. And I don't now because the <laughs> truth is it doesn't matter to me. Who you date, what you do, like at its core, like I just love you so much as the soul that you are. But like, I have no idea what Can kind I of tell you something? What? My mom said to me today that it was like, I think vaguely offensive, but she's like, she, her and my dad came over to my house because we did a play date with the dog and the cats. And she goes, you know, Emily, I just want you to have someone to take you to the hospital. Something has, I don't care if it's a minion. And I was like, what? <laughs> like that was her way of being like, whatever you decide to do is fine. So she's like, if, if you marry a minion, gotcha. that's Okay. Because they could take you to the hospital. I'm like, I don't think they can drive. You know what? I'm but sure. In Judaism, a minion is ten men. So maybe you'll be the she first reverse polyamorous woman. <laughs> no, she definitely loves. She loves those little minions that moms love. Yeah. See, even this conversation, you're keeping it like super vague, and <laughs> I think that that is the true exercise in being open minded, and that I just will never ask you anything. I know you have one other friend. <laughs> and I know the stuff that you're into movie-wise. And the truth is, it's that she's right. It doesn't matter who or what you are in love with because I'm in love with you. 
as my friend. <laughs> that is the God's honest truth. I wish the question had been like, now that the line between employer and employee can be crossed, are you finally living like your sliver dreams? Gross. <laughs> I guess a disclosure. Um, <laughs> and you're Michael Douglas. Wait, disclosure, the documentary about trans people in Hollywood? No. Oh, no. Okay. The movie where Demi Moore yeah, yeah, actually yeah. assaults Michael Douglas. Who are you in that? Michael Douglas or Jimmy Moore? I actually couldn't figure out. I couldn't figure it out. Oh, you're a beautiful puzzle. You're a beautiful clandestine puzzle, Emily. And as long as you keep being funny, it's all that's going to matter to me. Oh, my God. I know. The fact that you put up with me when I sounded so sick, I was like, wow, oh, that was- our relationship has really matured. I know it was hard for you. I was like, can I get out of today's podcast? Like, if she's still, I was going to, like, threaten you. If I could think of a way for you to do the podcast on your own, I would have offered it to you. <laughs> but I think you reading the question and then answering it would just be sad. too sad. too much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, guys. I have a best friend question. My bo- my friend has a new boyfriend. They've been together for about five months. She's 29 and he's 35. They seem to be head over heels for each other, which I'm happy about. But she's a very special kind of girl. So... As her best friend, I'm cautious about this. What I mean by that is she's very sensitive when it comes to conflict and communication. She's passive and lets the men she dates walk all over her. She's never had the best taste in men. Any form of conflict for her ends in tears and stress because she can't get her point across to her partner. They don't trust her or she doesn't trust them. The usual bad relationship crap. Now that she's in this happy new relationship, she keeps telling me he's the one. She's never really said that before, but it's all happening so fast. He is actually a nice guy. I've talked to him more in the last month than I ever have with her other boyfriends. She's happy. They don't seem to fight. They seem to have good communication, but they aren't even living together. She says nothing but nice things about him, but I'm still nervous about this. The reason behind all this is he DM'd me asking him to help pop the question. Mm. I'm not against it, but knowing her past, I think this is way too soon. She asked him to ask me when the time comes, but still, I think it's too soon. Should I help them and just let them be as they are or tell them it's too soon for this? I just want to make sure she's ready for this big commitment. Thanks for all the laughs. No, No. it's not. You're not her keeper. Your friend has matured and grown up. It's a six-year age difference. So this isn't like at 29, you aren't mature, but she might need some maturity. Um, You can't look, if the guy is nice to her, like you can't be her therapist. If they're both happy, no one's complaining. You don't want to be the only one left with like an issue on her behalf because that seems Mm -hmm. a little weird. So, and as we've seen on this podcast, like women are still going to marry guys, even if they're assholes and you're just the friend left with your dick in your hand. So for lack of a better phrase. So um, what was the thing you said? She asked him to ask me. You said like a Uh, weird sentence. When he wants to pop the question. Yeah. She told him, hey, whenever you're going to propose to me, ask my friend, Mo. Like as my friend her in what? It. Like permission? Like I think to involve like, oh, oh, uh, like okay, okay, how okay. how to set it up or whatever. It's, like that that this is not for you to worry about. Right. Because you're giving me he's sweet, she's sweet. People are allowed to have marital problems. People are allowed to get frustrated. People are allowed to not be good communicators. This might be the way she is, or she's better with him, or they'll grow together, or they won't. But the buck stops there. Like you're not, it's not on you to interfere. Um, all you can do is be there as a friend, uh, have her ignore your advice when he hits her and right into the podcast. So, um, yeah, don't, don't, sometimes women do this where we're like, I'm really worried about like, what deep down is it? Because I always, this isn't so much a you thing, but there's always that 1% of like, 
she's getting married and I'm not. I'm not charging you with that, but you don't see guys. Now, granted, women are more vulnerable, but like you don't see guys that are like, I just got to look out for my friend. Like dudes are like, great. Hope she's not a harpy. So just, you don't want to get painted as the girl who isn't married. That's like, I'm just worried about it. Like, are you, or are you hoping they'll break up so you can have your friend back? Yeah. I'm not saying it's you. I'm just saying the best thing to do is help him be happy. Get out, stay out of the relationship. Yeah. Hey, Liza and AIA crew. I've been a longtime listener fan. I recently noticed one of your reels and saw Tianfu was in the video. About eight years ago, my boyfriend rescued Tianfu's doppelganger, Kumbha, also saved from a Chinese meat truck. He's very happy and loving and similar to Tianfu isn't exactly going to be top of his class at UC Berkeley. Anyways, (laughs) my question is, do you have any information on what breed they are? Kumbha was adopted from the Quebec SBCA and they were not confident as breed. At the end of the day, we love him just the same, but it'd be nice to know. Thanks for your time. Hope to see you return to Montreal someday. Here's a picture, Lindsay. Okay, I'm going to share my screen with you so you can see him. Just, Just so you know, I get a lot of DMs that are like, is this Tianfu's twin? Because it's that, yep, looks just like my dog. Yep. <laughs> that that looks, is actually pretty accurate. Identical, even with the wonky eye and the same coloring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the coffee stains. Yeah, that is, that could be my dog much younger. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Usually I'm like, yeah, but that dog's uglier. That is, that's her. I think Tianfu's muzzle's a little thicker. I do want to say, so I don't like, look like someone who lied about like 9-11. When I got the dog. It was told to me that she was, that she came from a meat truck. But then as the story unfolded, there's no meat truck. So I just want to put that out there. Would she have maybe right. ended up on a meat truck? Who knows? But um, And the mouth thing contributed to that. She has that yes. scar. There was wire wrapped around her. The wire was wrapped around her. So I think someone seemed like that was the case. Yeah, someone said like they tied it around. And so you just assume it's from that. But she was just found in a bush. Someone had just decided to starve her to death and hoping she would die, which is just horrific. Or maybe she did fall off a truck. Maybe she was, it was that. Let's hope. Um, No, but anyways, I don't know. Could have, could have not. But anyway, I did a DNA test on this sleeping latte foam. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's a little bit thicker than that dog. I think that dog's younger. She is Tibetan Spaniel, which if you look up a Tibetan Spaniel, you're like, oh, that's my dog, mixed with something called a Chinese village dog. And if you Google Tibetan Spaniel, You're like, oh my God, that's my dog. And if you Google this thing called a Chinese village dog, these are just mutts that roam through China, sometimes in rural areas. Like they're just dogs that are in the street. Um, But if you Google these village dogs, you're like, oh, I could see how some of that might be my dog. Um, So that's what the DNA test. I mean, Blanche took a couple DNA tests and the answers were like always a little different. So it's kind of like choose your own adventure. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Chinese village dog is a t- is a thing. And um, that's what she is. That's probably what your dog is. Because like they're as ubiquitous as like chihuahuas are in LA or like pit bulls. Like just running around, breeding with everyone, making right. hot little babies. <laughs> Hello, Eliza and Emily. I'm somewhat of a new, discovered you during the pandemic, but now dedicated, if not atypical listener. 50-year-old accountant living in PEI, Canada. Prince Edward Island, for those of you that enjoy mussels or don't know about mussels. (laughs) Don't know about them. I am the mother of two teenage girls. I would love your take on how I reacted in a recent situation and what advice in general you'd give to my two daughters on handling unwanted attention from older men that they do not know. My 17-year-old daughter and I were at our local beach. 
this time of year, there are not very many people around. I was sitting at the top of the cliff from where the attached photo was taken different day, and my daughter went down to the water's edge. For context, my daughter is objectively beautiful and was wearing a bikini. These facts shouldn't make a difference in how girls and women are treated, but sadly, in reality, they still do. A man who looked to be in his 30s on the cliff across from me called out something. I couldn't understand what. Not sure if it was because of the distance between us or if he was slurring. He did have a bottle in his hand that might have been alcohol. When my daughter looked in his direction, he yelled out, yes, I'm talking to you, and then mumbled something else that I could not completely understand, but I think it was about how cold the water would be. My daughter did not engage further with him and went into the water for a swim. The man went down and hung out for a while in the area where my daughter had entered the water. Eventually, he walked along the water away from where my daughter would come out. When her swim was over and we were driving away, my daughter asked me why I hadn't done anything. I said that I did do something. I actively chose not to say anything to him because I thought that giving him any attention would prolong his interest in her slash us. And I considered going down to the water's edge, but decided not to, as that could have backfired and given him a reason to engage with me and continue to hang out where my daughter would be exiting the water. Mm. My daughter said the guy was creepy and how inappropriate it was for an older man to engage with someone her age. I told her I completely agreed with her. When I explained that my actions were in support of her, she was still angry at me and said that I should have done something, although she couldn't tell me what that would have been. So, Eliza, should I have handled the situation differently? And what advice would you give to my daughters? Oldest one is 19 in general on handling unwanted attention from older men they do not know. Love the pod, both the advice and listening to the two of you talk about your lives with each other. Thank you. There's a beautiful picture. Okay, let's see it. First of all, it's very sweet because to your, you are still a superhero to your daughter. You are still her protector. You have not become humanized yet because she's a teenager. And that's really cool that she wanted that versus like, mom, like I'm talking to him. Um, I hate to say it, might've been different if the guy was like smoking hot, but okay. I love that. What's so great is that your daughter knows it's inappropriate. Right. I mean, I'm saying it might've been different for the daughter if she was like, like you're embarrassed, oh, you know, but the guy was right. gross, whatever. The fact is, and she won't, it's okay that she doesn't understand it now. You were there. You would never let anything happen to her. And because you've lived longer, you know that sometimes men, you know, if you embarrass them or if you upset them, they'll, you know, they could physically overpower you or they'll take up even more of your space. You have to just, I think you did everything right. I don't, I think maybe I would have done the same thing. Like, let's let my daughter, not so much defend herself, but your daughter was safe. You were watching and you won't always be there. So what's the takeaway is that your daughter had situational awareness. Mm -hmm. And if you, you have to say to her, like, if I felt in any way that he was going to physically get near you, I would have been there. And I did watch, you know, because you would give your life for her but you did the smarter thing. Yes, she didn't escalate yes. purposefully because her daughter was there. I think had the daughter not been there, maybe she would have said something back to this drunk man, you know, but that's neither here nor there. I think the tough part of this is that in that moment, the daughter wanted to be yeah. the daughter who doesn't have to reply to a weird adult, who doesn't yeah. have to say anything, where the mom comes in and says, get out of here, you. Which, by and the she way, she doesn't even have to deal with it. You may have done if you were closer. You were right. on a different, even, I'm just saying you were on a different <sighs> cliff's edge and yeah, you could have walked over, ignored him and been like, hey, like Susan, what do we want to do for lunch? Like sometimes ignoring men and going about your conversation is the best way. You're not wrong, yeah. especially if the guy had a bottle. You did everything right, I, I think. I think so. I think the daughters in that moment, like 
but the fact she she doesn't know what she wanted you to do, but she had yeah. to deal with it as she's going to have to. Yeah. And I think it was kind of this loss of like having to be the one who actually talks. Because you know, as a kid, when you're like, I don't have to talk to any adult, I can get behind my parents' legs yeah. and like just ignore a weird adult. I think it's that thing where you have to sit down and be like, look, you're a beautiful woman and you are a woman and these things are going to happen. So it is good. Like I will always be there for you. But when I can't be there, it's important that you know the best way to do these things is to ignore, give no attention, not engage. That's the first line of defense. You, Slash, what you did is she, the behavior you would like for her to engage. Like you demonstrated, you led by example. Right. And if she has something she would like you to do in the future, she is welcome to share that with you. Yes. And if you feel it is safe exactly. and the right course of action, you will do everything in your power to make her comfortable. Yeah. But that is just a situation that's kind of unwinnable. Yeah. And, and because you're the mom, it's unwinnable. But I think you did the right thing. And the older she gets, the more she'll see how little it takes to encourage a guy. Right. Right. That you're just kind of hoping. I mean, yeah, it's like you just hope the person leaves. You're like, I don't want to give them any reason to continue a conversation, to continue engaging, to come closer. And that's not even about like you did the wrong thing. That's about like, how do I just give this fucking virus like no oxygen so that it just moves mm -hmm. on? So it'll take her some time, but I think what you did was right. Especially given how yeah. far away you were. <laughs> Right. Well, and so in terms of giving advice for how to deal with in the future, I mean, that's that's about it. It's like, I think it's situational. As you said, Eliza, it sounds like the daughter has good situational yeah, awareness. Good and it's, yeah, not escalating. Thank God it it's isn't kind of the daughter the being, line of defense. Yeah, the daughter being like, I want to talk to him. What's the big deal? Like, you're like, you don't want to find out what the big right. deal is. <sighs> bummer of a closer, Emily. You know, I like to close it on a bummer. Never got to give it to you. Um, I told you about that. Like in my mind, no. I'm like a sassy cartoon character. And like anytime well, you do something good, you turn around, you're like, you know, I had to give it to you. Like when you listen to, in rap, they're always like, you know, I had to give it to you. So it's just like a little squirrel. Yeah. Like, you know, I had to give it to you. <laughs> oh man, you took my popcorn. You know, I had to give it to you. Oh man, you really burned me. You know, I had to give it to you. Top of the cob. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite, top of the cob. My top of the cob, this is going to come as a shock to some people, but oh, well, I um, haven't run my new hour in its totality. And I took this spring and most of the summer, took most of the spring and most of the summer off from touring. So, um, like, yeah, I did the Oxnard improv to run a different version of this hour, maybe like a month and a half ago. But for the most part, it's just me running 15-minute sets, 20-minute sets, sometimes 30-minute sets, and you're cobbling it together. And I did the Ice House. Shout out to the Ice House in Pasadena, by the way, which was closed for three years. It's a beloved <gasps> comedy club here in Pasadena. And one of the buses, like the family that owns the Lakers, bought it and renovated it. And it is gorgeous. We're talking like high-end casino energy, like chandeliers, yeah. like expensive sound system. Like it's beautiful. And I was just going to run my hour twice. I did uh, a Friday night there. Friday? Saturday. I did a Saturday night there. And because all these pieces of my special, of my new hour are like floating individual modular things, I made... I. I have not seen it on its feet in an as an hour. And I still have this leftover material that didn't make the cut of the last special that I've been mm -hmm. doing. 
And I was a little nervous because I was like, I'm going to cut out this old material that I know. And I'm just going to see if what I have is enough for an hour. And I couldn't, especially like since becoming a mom, like your brain is just so mushy. Like I couldn't figure out exactly what the transitions were or what it was going to look like. And I just was like, well, you've come this far. You're probably not going to start eating shit today. And I went up (laughs) and I fucking had two of my favorite sets, like of all time. So the top of the cob is just like, even after doing it this long with this many specials, like reminding myself, like, yeah, it is a muscle that does kick in. You were never going to be like, well, that's 45 minutes. I don't know what else to say. And I didn't look at my notes once which I was proud of because that used to not be a problem. But ever since having this baby, like it's just like, what's my last name? So I also might have dementia. Um, So just like reproving to myself that like, stop thinking anything negative. Like you are not here by accident. Yeah, that's really nice. Shows were hot fucking fire. We were a fan top of the cob. Big fan of the pod and all the specials. My top of the cup is when Eliza says something gross or sexual and Emily gets uncomfortable and makes her nasally, aww. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I do unless it's happening. Pussy juice. And tr- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess that was, I guess that was it. I was like, let's tries, see if this works. <laughs> and tries her hardest to change the subject, but Eliza keeps going. Cracks me up every time, oh, that's Jess. Funny. That is funny. Love that for us. My top of the cob is my parents came over today and we were sitting in my living room and my mom goes, I really love your house, Emily. It's really nice. And that really made me feel good about my choices. I bought it what I would call the height of the market. Yeah. Um, It is stressful, but I feel good that this is where I'll die. I, She's like, I like your house. It's a perfect place for you and a minion. Exactly. Please, if you just get a minion in here. And then my dad was like, well, Rizzoli really likes masculine energy. You could just have like weird old guys come over to hang out with Rizzoli. And I was like, great. Is that what you want, dad? Thanks. Yeah. Bottom of the cob. I have to share my watermelon with our tortoise. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Of all the things ever written in. The good news is he can't like like chase you. (laughs) I like that. My bottom of the cob is that the reason my parents came over today is they brought Ladybug, their fattest, now oldest dog, um, and who who has no interest in other animals, only has interest in food, so that the cats could meet a dog. And I really thought it would be so cute and funny and interesting. The cats hid under the couch the entire time. Ladybug walked in circles in my house for two hours and then was taken home where she promptly fell asleep. But so it was not, I did not get the cute. Uh, dopamine that I was hoping for, yeah. but maybe next time. Maybe next time. I don't know if I can top the heat that was the tortoise and the watermelon <laughs> comment. My bottom of the cob is not so much trolls, but when people troll my post and use poor grammar. Oh. I think if you come on my page and try to tear me down, it should be fucking open season on your poor word choice. Yeah. If you're going to publicly shit talk, you better be very good at it. Like, whatever, whoever this bot is, like, what this supposed to be, how old is you, that don't look good, ain't got no business. And I'm just like, whether it you find it charming, it's a lack, it's, it's an ignorance to the way language is. If you make, like, if you, if those shots fired are from you first, like, we're not going to not make fun of you back for it. Right. If you started it, you better be ready to finish it. 
And so it's just always funny when it's like, you're trying to tear me down, but you sound like a fucking dolt. (laughs) My bottom of the cob is idiots thinking like, maybe I can sink one from downtown. And I'm like, well, you... You don't understand plurals and singulars. Do you dislike that more? The people that are like, my good friend at Helen, blah, 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 actually got me so much crypto. It's crazy. I love it. My issue is less with them and more with like someone is clicking on these because otherwise this scam wouldn't exist. So who is still like, wow, by the grace and savior of Alex, I've increased my (laughs) funds. They're always written in this like weird. weird, like bot, English second language. Like it is the strangest, like vaguely religious. Yeah. You don't live here, but, and I I don't know how many people listening to this live here. There, I listen to like K-Day and like a bunch of other rap stations because I'm an elder millennial. Of course, I love my rap and hip hop. Uh, there's a commercial for this thing called LA City Cars. I wish you could Google it. It's a, it's a guy who vaguely sounds like Cat Williams. And I can't make this effect. Maybe, Scott, you can't. It's almost like echoey. Like if you were in heaven, how God would sound. It almost sounds like a pastor. And he's like, my girl, my girl ain't listening to me. I told her to go to LA City Cars. She ain't listening to me. Now they got her driving a Saturn with an antenna. I don't feel bad for her. She didn't go to LA City Cars. They will approve you. And there's like weird, like, not cloud crashing, but like ominous music. It's like the most intense preacher admonishing like doomsday is upon us. Like get you to LA city car, come get your car. We gonna prove you. If you independent, you a business person, you a hustler. Oh no, what is it? He's like, if you, you a waiter, you, you a mechanic, you a boss and you make your own money. We got your car. Get to LA city car. My girl didn't listen to me. Now she's dead. Like it is. (laughs) And these commercials are like over 90 seconds long. And you start to get anxious. I'm like, do I have to go to LA City Cars (laughs) and get my car? It looks like it's uh, not trending, but there are a lot of things on TikTok with LA City Cars radio commercial. It is the weirdest choice. She ain't listen. Get you to LA City Car. Come get your car. We gonna prove you. Did you find a nickel in the gutter? That's enough for money down. <laughs> LA City car. It is such a strong choice. It's so fucking <laughs> bad and weird that it's good. Right. <laughs> you got to listen to them. I'm going to, I'm going, it won't let me listen to them while I'm like recording and on Zoom and on Audacity, but I'm going right, to after enough. this. Folks, that's the show. You know, if you like it, to like, click, subscribe, leave a review. Emily, right? Five stars. Rated five, five star stars. review. Some people are listening. They're like, I've never left a review. This is your sign. To go to LA City Cars <laughs> and leave your review. Motherfucker. Uh, I'll be in and around LA doing my spots, cobbling together this hour. I think this will have been announced by now, but I got a show coming up in Tokyo. That's going to be in July. July 24th. Uh, at Yamano Hall. Uh, And if it hasn't been announced yet, it's going to, but that's going to be dope. And that is coming on the tail of uh, a USO tour I'm going to be doing. So you can't really get tickets to that if you're listening to this, unless you're stationed over there and I'm coming to your base. But I'm very excited to be doing all of these things. And of course, the tickets for my stateside Hard Feelings tour are going very fast. We're adding new 
dates and the tickets to my Heart Feelings Euro Tour are also moving and grooming. Get them now, just like I'm booking hotels in Europe now, because things will get scooped up and you will wait to the last minute to get your tickets and then you'll be sitting in a handicap stall and while it will be roomier and it will be Europe, so probably nicer, you will want to be closer to the stage. Come on, get your tickets. And hey, if you live in Denver or if you live in Boston, I'm going to be at Ball Arena in Denver and TD Garden in Boston in October. Get your tickets. Those shows are going to be hot fire. And remember, Emily, it's like we always say. You know I had to give it to you. (laughs) BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.